break is ready. Let's go. I am your host, Chris DeBacker, and joining me are two gentlemen that consistently find themselves on Santa's naughty list. The first we all know and love because he reminds us so much of a chimp wearing an ascot. At first glance, he seems pretty refined and sophisticated, but after spending any kind of time with him, you realize he's just a little hairy guy that likes scratching himself all day. <laughs> it's Scott Blakemore. <laughs> and also with us is Mr. Push-Up, which actually kind of sounds like a fun Christmas toy. And for some of you ladies, you probably wouldn't mind waking up and seeing him under your tree. <laughs> But really, ladies, this guy's more like an ugly Christmas sweater than a cool Christmas toy. He may not be super attractive, but you know you can't stop looking at him, and he's always good for a little laugh. Most importantly, ladies, you know he's going to keep you warm when he's wrapped around you on a cold winter night. It's your guy, Joe Crupper. Joe, do you think, are you more like a cool Christmas toy or an ugly Christmas sweater? Maybe a mix of both. I don't you think know. so? Yeah. You'd be a fun Christmas sweater. <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think it'd be fun. But I'm more curious about what Scott was wearing. An ascot? <laughs> what is that? You know, it's that real sophisticated looking tie okay. kind of thing that you wear. You know, ooh, only ooh, ooh, right? <laughs> only real sophisticated guys can pull off an ascot. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with the ugly sweater. Okay. That's your style. That's your speed. Yeah. Our email address is breakisready at gmail.com. Breakisready at gmail.com. You guys ready for word of the day? On the edge of my seat. Word of the day is intrepid. Do you know what that is or what that means? It was a Chrysler car. Yeah, my uncle time. drove, yes. my yes. Uncle drove yeah. an Intrepid at one point. But that's not what it means. <laughs> I thought they were pretty cool when they first came out. Intrepid, that means fast and cool. I was thinking of some type of journey, like going on a journey or Intrepid or Explore. Okay, well, I'm, I'm excited you guys didn't really know what this was. Because <laughs> okay. I was a little nervous that you might know it. And I just, I'm just an idiot. So uh, it means fearless, bold, and brave. Oh, yeah. I said explore, like explore? intrepid. It would be an well, intrepid explore. Yeah, so you had it right. You know, I said fast and cool. It's kind of the same thing. I kind of thought combine it meant, ours and it gets to brave. Yeah, I kind of thought it meant the the opposite. Honestly, like intrepidation. I've heard that word before, right? Or maybe it's just trepidation. I've heard before. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, fearless, bold, and brave. Intrepid, and is an adjective, so it describes something. So there you go. To start the show off, we we spoke a little bit last week about how we know each other. A little bit about the insight about the show, Joe doing push-ups, various things. We have a few more questions we'll go through for the mailbag, talk about the origins of the show. A couple questions that have come in are, how much prep work do you do before you record the podcast? People have thought you must spend hours practicing and preparing for the show and then you know getting ready to go through everything that we talk about. And I assure them, that is not the case. <laughs> well, we certainly don't practice. We certainly don't practice. It's obvious for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, there is time that goes into preparing. It's not just flying by the seat of our pants. There certainly is preparation that goes in. Absolutely. And so we'll just talk about that preparation real quick here. So this is a little of the secret sauce that we put into the show. Ooh. So this is behind the scenes. So what we do is typically early in the week before we record the show, I send out a list of things that might be topics that Chris and I would talk about. Joe sees the list, has a little bit of input, just kind of sees it. Yep. Saw it. Okay. They don't care what I say. <laughs> and so uh, Chris and I talk a little bit about a few days that we find probably interesting out of the list or a few events that we find interesting. And we come up with a rough outline of kind of what we're going to talk about in the show. And then from there, we just really kind of take a little bit of creative license and decide how we might want to bring, bring that topic to life, involve each other in that. 
and just uh, create something that we think is kind of fun. And I find myself, if I'm going through some material that I think would be fun to share, if I laugh out loud to myself, I'm like, that's, that's, that's good. That's a I'm, good a little, I'm a little nerdy, right? So some <laughs> things that make me laugh might not make everybody laugh, but I think I'm off to a good start when that happens. As we've done the show to really appreciate your level of creativity, Chris, because folks, all the trivia that comes in, all the intros, everything that you hear that Chris does, he's coming up with it with his big brain. You wouldn't think Joe has a big brain. Well, Chris has a big brain too. <laughs> he and does. It's very creative. And I've just really appreciated what you bring to the show, Chris. We have fun doing it. We have, we have fun, fun doing it. I agree. I think, you know, I spent hours going through words of the day, trying to come up with that is, I mean, you know, I'm not an English major, so it does take a lot of time. But actually, in all honesty, it takes me about about two minutes before you guys arrive for the podcast. Uh, I say, oh, shoot, I got to find the word of the day. Let me Google it, word of the day real quick. And oh, that one looks kind of decent. So there's the secret behind word of the day. Joe's secret sauce exposed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to finish up, you know, how much editing we do. We screw up, obviously, because you can hear the outtakes that we've done at the end of the show. And so we record a show sit down and put in some editing work to try to make it a more or an enjoyable audio experience for you, the listener. So we put in a little bit of editing and then we we drop the show. What you hear is kind of a finished product of about maybe 45 to 50 minutes that we edit down to around 35 minutes. Here's a question. When you're editing the podcast episode, which of us three do you have to cut the most or edit the most? That's a good question. I would say that there are a few things... Chris does that I have to clean up on right. the show. Mm, clean you, up. <laughs> well, I mean, he's kind of a messy guy. You have a you have a, a habit. We all have different habits. I say so and write a lot, and I cut a lot of those out. You have a like a little <laughs> chirp before you start talking. Sometimes chirp. a little chirp that I that I have to cut out a little bit from just it's it, it spikes in in the audio. And and Joe does has still have a few ums that we have to cut out. Uh, you know, occasionally. Um, I've been known to say, um, <laughs> you know what? I deserve that. I called you drippy last week. You call me chirpy this week. Yeah, there you go. It's all fair. That's all. We're you, even. Yeah, we're even. You know, we still love each other. So that's the important part. So that's a little bit of how we do the show and behind the scenes. So it really is quite spontaneous though. We do a little bit of work. We do some editing, but it is just us showing up and talking about stuff, which is fun. It is fun and spontaneous. In history, back in 1972, December 11th. The last humans, maybe, to walk. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, maybe they, they say they did. I, I'm still, Joe and I are like, uh, what? We're don't, not sure. don't throw my name in there. Yeah. <laughs> the last humans in Apollo 17 walked on the moon. December 19- 11th, 72. Yeah. That That's was long. right after my birthday, actually. I two did. weeks before mine. How about two that? Two weeks before yours. Okay. Many years before mine. <laughs> Many years before mine. <laughs> so, really. Apollo 17 was the last mission where we walked on the moon. Correct. Okay. And that's pretty noteworthy because that is the, really the last time we got close to the moon, right? Right. And, you know, Apollo 11 was the first time we walked on the moon with Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Which is interesting. I didn't put this together when we were talking about Toy Story a few episodes ago, but Buzz Lightyear, being a man of space, right? Buzz Aldrin. I mean, there's probably some connection there for sure. No question. I think when you say Buzz, you're immediately going, going to the moon. Yeah. So from 1968, which is when Neil Armstrong went in Apollo 11 to in Buzz Aldrin to 1972, which I don't remember the two astronauts. You know, it's always good to be first because right. when you're last, nobody remembers, right? So Well, it's amazing. I think there was this level of almost um I don't not complacency, but no one cared at that point. Right back in 1968, it was this huge deal and everybody watched it. Everybody was just glued to their TVs. 
And then we almost got too comfortable. We're like, ah, we're going to the moon again. I don't want to ruin anything here, but talking about space, the first things that went to space was monkeys. Sure. Right? Sure. And it's actually National Monkey Day. Wow. December 14th. Started, no less, by a student at Michigan State University in 2000. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did it as a spoof for his roommate's calendar and put National Monkey Day on his his roommate's (laughs) calendar. And I'm guessing it's because it was around the time of finals or something. You know, this is the time for a lot of universities are having finals. Put it on there. They thought it was funny. They put it in some comic book and made it a little bit popular on the internet. And then it kind of grew. And then other zoos caught on to it and claimed it. And around the world now, Monkey Day is actually recognized. And they celebrate monkeys. They also celebrate, and I'm curious if Joe knows this, not just monkeys, but also apes lemurs and tarsiers you know what tarsier is i do not do you know what a tarsier is you do you both of you know what it is sure. you just don't know the name orangutan some kind of a monkey some kind of a monkey <laughs> i'm trying to think monkey of. kind of animal it is a small monkey with big eyes bat-like ears hmm. and it kind of looks like an alien its face is round oblong round and it's about three and a half ounces to five ounces. Wow. And it's about six inches. It's got these fingers. It's kind of a ball. It has long legs and it just hangs on trees, kind of like a tree frog. Yeah. But it's a monkey and it's a tarsier. So it's just kind of all huh. primates. So apes, lemurs, monkeys, and tarsiers. Cool. I want to see a tarsier. Pull up your phone. <laughs> Sounds like somebody you might date, Joe. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> sure, that means... Coincidentally, I've got some monkey facts. Okay, let's hear them. Right, as Joe's looking for his next Friday night fling. (laughs) Did you know this? Did you know this? To attract a female partner, male capuchin monkeys will urinate in their hands and then rub it thoroughly through their fur. Oh, yeah. You guys don't do that? Have you tried? (laughs) That's the secret. That's the secret sauce. There it is, literally. Okay, here's another one. Female monkeys have been observed teaching their young how to floss their teeth. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Joe, you guys could learn a thing or two from that. (laughs) Do you have any more monkey trivia? Well, I was going to ask if you knew, speaking of lemurs, there's a famous lemur in Madagascar. Do you remember the name of the famous lemur in Madagascar? King King Julian. King, yeah. And what was the song he sang? My kids love the song he sang. I want to move it, move it. I want to move it, move it. You remember that? I do remember yeah. that. It's a great, that's a great, that's a Wait, great song. And Joe, you found a tar, Tarsus, right? <laughs> Tars. Kind tar- of just tar- like what Scott, what Scott described. Yeah, look at yeah. him. I mean, he's not as creepy as it's Scott made cute, him actually. sound. He made him sound very alien. He could be an alien. He looks a little bit alien Could be something out of Aww. Apollo 17. Ooh, like a little gremlin. Yeah, 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 he looks a little more creepy there, I would agree. But they're tiny. I mean, they're like, will fit in the palm yeah. of your hand. That would be pretty cute. I feel like I've seen a video of that. I have some mon- other monkey things, but I yeah. don't want to take away from any monkey. Do you have any monkey trivia? Or any I do monkey? have. I do have a few monkey questions. Well, let's, for let's Joe. do the monkey I know questions. Joe fancies himself kind of a monkey uh, <laughs> aficionado. Is that right, Joe? I would not call myself that. No. I just have a few quickie. Let's go. Monkey. Yeah. What do you got? Doing? Are we doing push-ups? Because he really should have done push-ups yeah, last I, week. I, I do think so. I. I. Um, if I get more wrong than right, I gotta do push-ups. Okay. You got to get three right. Three out of five. Well, that's more than half. That is. Well, you got sixty percent. It's above failure, Joe. <laughs> if you get below that, it's only for 10 push-ups. All right, Joe, four push-ups here. What makes a monkey different from an ape? 
Well, they're they're different. They're not the same. They're, they're a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm even going to give you a little hint here. Monkeys have something that apes yeah, don't. I mean, uh, monkeys have tails. Monkeys have tails. See? There you go. I knew you were a oh, monkey guy. Yeah. Everybody knows that. One out of one. A group of monkeys is called what? Hmm. A group of monkeys. It's not a herd. It's not a herd. Not a flock. Nope. A flock of monkeys. Not a, you know. You're uh, wrong, Joe. I have no idea. It's a troop. A troop. A troop. I would not have gotten there. But I, it is. I remember when you said it, you know it. But a troop of monkeys. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have gotten there. All right, Joe. We're really going to test you here. Mike Nesmith was a guitarist for the 1960s band, The Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, The Monkeys. Right, the Monkeys. Mike's mom oh boy. invented what office supply product in 1951? Something we use all the time. Maybe not so much anymore, but it, it became a staple of office desk drawers. Liquid paper. Everywhere. A whiteout. She invented liquid paper. Yes! Did you know that? No, but I was kind of thinking that, and then you said, we don't, well, we don't use it anymore, exactly. She invented liquid paper, (laughs) and that's the brand, until it was kind of replaced by the same kind of product, but in the 1960s with whiteout. Whiteout, yep. Liquid paper, I remember that. I cannot believe he guessed that. (laughs) I really can't, especially after last week when he thought... The string of light bulbs was born was done in 1947, yeah. and I didn't think I about this, off. Chris. But you know what? We had the atomic bomb in 1947. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have a string of light bulbs. I'm like, okay, okay. Because why would but you put lights on a burnt? You know, a fr- a, uh, it's. I just still, Joe. You got liquid tender. paper. I'm like, I just. I was thinking it was a three hole punch, but okay, three hole really punch. <laughs> All right, listen, that would have been good. No. All right, so I've got two more. I've only got two more. You need to get one out of two like to it. avoid I like push-ups. Okay. Joe, what does a monkey do to express affection to another monkey? Like, how do they show their monkey love? And don't say share their banana, because that's not part of it. What do they do to show their monkey love, Joe? They scratch them. Mm. Pick things off of them. Bugs. What, what's that called? Uh, grooming them. Oh, Joe, you are <laughs> yes. unreal. There you go. I got like there if eventually. there's ever anybody that comes in clutch, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to get these. Yeah, they groom yeah, each they other. They groom each other. I was close. I mean, I was pretty close. I was right there. And, and we already know this one, but Albert the monkey was the first primate and mammal to travel here. Space. Space, yeah. All kind right. of tragic. Did you hear? Do you know about Albert? No, oh, what happened? Yeah, he actually survived. This is This is tragic. This is sad monkey news. He survived the flight into space but died on the impact after his parachute failed. Oh, that's, that's kind horrible. of a little bit bittersweet, right? Man. So we celebrate, we celebrate Albert. And then at the same time, we're like, oh, nobody's here to give Albert a hug. So there you go. So Joe, no pushups. Way to go. You survived. But I'm sad for the monkey. That's sad. Mr. Albert. It was in 1949. So you don't have to worry too much. Right after the string light bulbs. That's exactly right. lights. <laughs> No wonder Elon Musk doesn't want to die on impact. He remembers Albert. Oh, and you've got more monkey. Yeah. Well, speaking of monkeys, monkey you know business. what? There's some the toy in Toy Story. Remember the monkey that has and it oh. bounces around, and clangs the cymbal. Terrifying. And terrifying, and you know it's kind of a stupid toy. Maybe. Yeah. We have stupid toy day. Stupid toy day. Who stupid toy day. It's just about stupid toys. Being nostalgic and remember stupid toys. Did yeah. you ever, Joe? Did you have any stupid toys as a kid? None of my toys were stupid, but my sister's toys were definitely stupid. What'd she have? The Rainbow Bright, Barbie. <laughs> I don't know. You were like Sid from Toy Story. You probably <laughs> took her toys and destroyed them, didn't you? You didn't like Rainbow Bright. No, I probably played alongside with her, actually. I was a good brother. 
I don't know if I had a stupid toy either. I really liked, I mean, they might've been stupid, but I thought they were all pretty cool. But looking back on it, I bet there were, I bet there were some decisions on toys that probably shouldn't have ever been, Sure, probably shouldn't have been in the mainstream culture. What's one of the, like, when you think back to your childhood, what are some of the toys that you remember? I'm just curious. Chris, what are some toys you remember? Well, the things that I played with all the time, it had to do with Star Wars. I was a Star Wars guy. So the figurines, the ships, also loved remote control cars. I would spend hours. I, I went through hundreds of dollars of batteries playing with remote controlled stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah, I didn't have the Star Wars stuff, ironically enough, but I had gazillion things of G.I. Joe, had some Transformers, so I had some He-Man. Um, and then other thing I liked a lot were cars, like Matchbox cars, Hot Wheels cars. Those were my big things. Did you ever have those Tonka? They were like small Tonka cars that would just you turn them on and the battery would make the tires turn and they would go through the dirt. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. they're just they were small and you could build little hills and things Absolutely. and just turn them on they were and called, them, they were oh, called stompers. Yes, yes, that's what it was. That I can't remember I they had the stompers. I did have those. Those were great. Like a little track for them. Yeah. yeah. You could do yep. different things. No, I'm sure you both had Tonka trucks. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. All boys have Tonka yeah, trucks. Yeah, the kind where should. I mean they were heavy duty where you could actually like oh, yeah. press down on them and make them go and those things were built. Those things were built well. Yeah, big metal things. They don't yep. make them like they used to. Yeah, nope. those yeah those were not stupid toys. Those were good toys. Absolutely. Good. I do have I do have some some pretty stupid toys. Looking back on them now, I just wanted to share these. Get see what you guys think about these. This is from an article uh, published by some little publication in Indiana called the Orange Bean. So they ranked some of the the worst toys over the last fifty years. One of them was called the Gilbert U two thirty eight Atomic Energy Lab. <laughs> so it actually it was it was put out, given to the public in the 1950s when we were talking about the bomb. Mm-hmm. And they actually had in the in this toy kit radioactive uranium ore. No. So you're you're selling this product to kids and here they have radioactive material. Wow. Shows you how how much we really didn't know about that technology and what we were doing. No wonder everybody has cancer now, right? The Gilbert U two U two thirty eight Atomic Energy Lab. That's amazing. The other one, did you ever have jarts? Oh, yeah, the lawn darts. The lawn darts. Those things, I think, as soon as they came out, were outlawed because people were getting impaled. Did you ever throw lawn darts? No, but I always wanted to. You've never done that? Never done it. Oh, we had those. And and they were a blast. Yeah. They were a blast. But they were, they're a little bit dangerous. Well, here's, here's a couple more. There's one that was put out by Kenner in 1965 called the Daddy Saddle. (laughs) So just for all kinds of reasons, it probably wasn't a good toy, uh, <laughs> but they uh, made it. And then there's the uh, inflatable, the inflatable Titanic backyard slide. Look at this. It looks like the Titanic <laughs> going oh, under. Is word. that in bad taste? I mean, it looks like a fun slide, but it's... Is it too soon? Uh, too soon. I, is it ever appropriate, regardless of the time? Probably, probably not. not. Um, then we have, in 2018, Play-Doh came out with something called the Poop Troop. So you can just make... I don't understand. Make piles of poo uh, uh, out of Play-Doh. Is that brown Play-Doh? Uh, apparently. Uh, then that's a real that's a real thing. Wow. Oh boy. And then and then really uh, the last one probably is the musical Jolly Chimp, right? I think probably the worst toy of all time. He's just terrifying. Just looks scary. Look at those eyes. Just beady eyes that just see right through you. Just just horrifying. So there's some bad toys, and there's some other ones here too. But I'd I'd say those take the cake. 
We also have, you know, we like to try to mix it up with some of the, these days that we we mentioned, and we actually have National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Chocolate covered in it. We like chocolate. It's delicious. You sure. can put chocolate on pretzels and and marshmallows and strawberries, right? Chocolate covered anything. Ooh, so Joe knows about chocolate covered strawberries, right, Joe? That's your go-to with the ladies. <laughs> they can't resist it, can they? Chocolate. Uh, chocolate. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I also like coffee or uh, chocolate covered coffee beans. Those Ooh, are pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Yeah, chocolate covered. Oh, so I agree. You can put chocolate on anything. Chocolate covered pretzels. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. You're a chocolate guy, Joe. I mean, yeah, I like chocolate. Who sure. doesn't, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. You can put chocolate over everything. We wondered, Joe, how good your taste buds were, because we did put chocolate over everything. Oh, boy. And we want to have you taste this and tell us what you think this chocolate covered up. I am not too sure about this. Sure, sure. Here it is, Joe. <clears throat> Look at it. Can I ask, are all these things actually edible? Yep. Oh, of course. And actually food? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I feel better about that. Yep. So I'm not eating some chocolate-covered ant. Well, all right. So here we go, Joe. <laughs> I need some water. Okay. Yeah. Get a get a little palate cleanser. We're going to move this over to you here, Joe. This is nothing. Listen, I'll tell you. Leave it like that so I can see. Yeah, napkin. This is, a, um, this is nothing I wouldn't eat, Joe. Nothing Scott wouldn't eat. Okay. So we're going to have you start. We're going to have you start here with number number Ooh, one. Number one. Well, I, I guess, guess that's a just take it, pick it up, chip. put it in your mouth. That's the deal. You got to pop it all in your mouth. What do you think, Joe? This isn't for push-ups. I think it's chocolate-covered potato chip. There you go. Pretty simple, right? What kind of chocolate Good. is that? Milk chocolate. Okay. All right, milk chocolate. You got it right. Good? It's not bad. Yeah, I like Would that. Would you do that? I All like right. that. Yeah, sure. Scott, you want a chocolate-covered chip? I think, I'm good. I think okay. I had a candy bar that had pieces of potato chip in it. Okay. That's pretty good. Number two, right there in front of you. That's got some kind of stem coming out of it. That <laughs> concerns me a little bit. <laughs> Tadpole. <Just> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything is edible. Tadpoles are edible. Can I eat the stem? Sure. Eat the whole thing. Tough one. <laughs> it's kind of good. <laughs> it's all. It's covered with chocolate. I don't think I know what that is, though. I was going to say some kind of like dried cherry or something, but... It's a raisin. Is it a raisin? It's a raisin. Pretty oh, simple. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're the guy that didn't like that in Gorp, right? You didn't like the raisins. Correct. And All if, right. if, you, if you, you told me that was a chocolate-covered raisin, I said, oh, gross. Yep. There you go. Okay. Number three. This is a big one. Oh, I think I saw what that one was. This one's going to be good, I think. Joe's oh, a cheater. Yeah. Well, you we can tell right away. That's banana. Chocolate-covered banana. That's classic, right? Classic beach food. I love a fresh chocolate shake with banana pieces in it. Mm. Oh, it's perfect. That is good. All right. Number four. Oh, this is weird looking. Yeah. Another stem. Don't think too hard, Joe. There's definitely something familiar about that flavor. Should be. Peanut. Chocolate-covered peanut. It's a goober. Right. Yeah. I just thought it'd be crunchier. Joe's cleansing his palate. We got how many more left to go? We got three more to go, Joe. Number this five. number five, huh? Yeah. All right. This looks kind of like a rounded peanut kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried. Yeah, I like your face you're making. <laughs> Couldn't tell what that Is was. Good. It tastes like chocolate. <laughs> Everything tastes like chocolate when it's That's covered the whole in chocolate. Point. You can cover it with chocolate, and it's still good. It wasn't like an ant, was it? No. There's a crunch to it. Yeah. <laughs> Ladybug. No. Joe, it's a cricket. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is, but they're good. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> oh. 
You ate two. You picked no way. I want to eat one. I'll eat one. Because Chris has already eaten one. Did you try one with chocolate? Wait, wait, I didn't wait. try it with chocolate. You need to. You I can. Need to, I need to see the middle of it. No, you don't need to see. Yeah, it. I want to see the middle of it. Just Actually, pop just it in your them, mouth. This will be good. Cut, cut it. Cut. You can. You can make more. Bite half of it. I'm just gonna eat it. Oh, well, I need to see it. No way. Are you serious? It's good. Does it taste like anything? It doesn't. I told you it's a little. It's toasty. Toasty. I cannot believe I just ate a chocolate covered cricket. But it's good. It's good. All right. It so was I, good until you told me what it was. I know. All right. Now number, I'm gonna n- number six. Feel kind of sick. <laughs> oh, it's a bug. There's no more bugs. Uh, no more bugs. No more bugs. bugs. Okay. No more I bugs. feel better. Promise. Sure. Promise. Promise. No more bugs. Any more animals? No more animals. Okay. You're safe. This will cleanse the palate. <laughs> Wonder you were laughing so hard. Dude, when you pick up the second one and ate it, I was just like, oh my <laughs> But they're okay. <laughs> they're fine. You know what that one is. No, I didn't like this one. You don't like that one? Just peanut butter. Chew. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Chocolate covered yeah. peanut. You're not a peanut butter guy. I don't like peanut butter yeah. with chocolate, especially. So I could tell that was kind of different. All right, there you go. Last one. Same thing. Pop it in your mouth. You're gonna nail this one. Yeah, I take, can't take the I big one. Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. Brother, I can't either. I just saw you pick up the second one. That was, like, oh my gosh. He is gonna eat another one. That was super smart to have the peanuts first, though. Because it was kind of similar. Yeah. They're nutty, right? That was That's super what I, smart. I told Scott that you pop that in your mouth, it tastes it just tastes nutty. Pop it in your mouth, Joe. Stop being so apprehensive. Some kind of wait for thing. You know this. Great at any party. Pretzel. Close. Cracker. Okay. Ritz cracker. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Well Frickin done, huh? Joe. Well done. You're a good I sport. I cannot believe. You're a good sport. Yeah, definitely. They taste like it. I don't know. What is it by itself? I'm not, I'm not going to try one by itself. That's for sure. Kind of. Just nutty. Earthy, yeah. nutty. There's n- And I they, they are toasted, so they're not just totally gross. So there you go. Joe, you're a good sport. Wow. So see, anything covered in chocolate tastes good. Tastes, tastes good. good. I knew right away when you guys started cracking up like crazy. But I still ate a second one, so. You did. I was really, really quite impressed. <laughs> We're going to close with one last little history thing. And I'm wondering if you remember this. In 2000, after the 2000 election, Bush v. Gore, mm-hmm. right? Yep. This week was when the Supreme Court inserted itself to say, no, we're going to decide the election. Do you remember this? When this I happened? do. Yeah. It was the hanging Chad thing where uh, I think it was the state of Florida, right? Mm-hmm. That ended up being, with the, being the question because it was just so close. I think Gore had won the popular vote overall, but then it came down to the states and it came down to Florida, which was super close. I think uh, right away, Bush claimed victory. But Gore was hesitant to acknowledge that. And then I think it kind of finally went that way. But that was really, at least in my lifetime that I recall, the first election questions, you know, interesting moment in time. And you think back, that was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, and, and we're how far we've come from that in some ways. Election happened, close election. They gave it to Bush. A little bit later, it was like, mm, not sure if it's Bush's or not was so close, it was a mandatory state recount was done. Gore did not want a mandatory state recount. He just wanted to do four counties. He wanted to do a hand recount, manual hand recount of four counties. And that's where the hanging Chad came into um, effect because they had these butterfly ballots that had it on both sides and you punch the holes and you, you put it through a reader. And then there was just some question of, these ballots aren't getting counted properly, so they want to do it manual. And you can remember people looking at the ballot and seeing the hanging chad right. that didn't get 
clipped off. And that chad, we didn't know what a chad was, but that was that little piece of paper that needed to get punched all the way through, but in some cases didn't. It was just still attached kind of by a thread to this ballot. So they're deciding, was that supposed to be a legitimate vote or did that get punched by accident? Did it not get punched far enough? And so there was literally like splitting hairs. And weren't those, wasn't Florida ultimately decided by, wasn't it hundreds of votes? Hundreds of votes. Which is insane considering the number of people in Florida that it came down our election. History really came down to a couple hundred people voting a certain way or a couple hundred people deciding to stay home that day and not voting. And then the Supreme Court decided five to four that the election would stand as it was counted. And then Bush became president. But that was in December that we knew. I mean, it had been over a month. So you think about all the rigmarole we've had with the 2000 ele- or the 2020 election. And we, we did see that two decades prior in the 2000 election. So after, out of that as well, they said, we need to upgrade our technology to do things better. And lo and behold, in the 2020 election, technology is somewhat the problem yeah, how, again. How did that work? Right? Yeah. How'd that mm-hmm. work out? Let's finish up with a quote, guys. So here's the quote. Science has not yet mastered prophecy. We predict too much for the next year and yet far too little for the next 10. So who said this? Science has not yet mastered prophecy. We predict too much for the next year and yet far too little for the next 10. Let me give you a clue. He could fly planes before getting his driver's license. I don't expect you to know it. Not on the first clue. I'm just giving you one. He's a pilot, though. Tom Cruise. Not Tom Cruise. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) He, He had a distinguished military career. He served in the United States Navy during the Korean War. In recognition for his service, he received three air medals and flew 78 combat missions. John Glenn. Good guess. Not John Glenn. Buzz Aldrin. Good guess. Not Buzz Aldrin. That's a good, nice, Joe, way to bring it back around. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Here we go. He went to the North Pole in 1985. The expedition was organized for men who were deemed intrepid explorers. Included on the expedition were Sir Edmund Hillary, first person to ascent summit of Mount Everest, Steve Fawcett, I guess he was an aviator of some sort, and Patrick Morrow, who was an extreme mountain climber. So this person went with these other men who were deemed great explorers to go see the North Pole. I have no clue. In 1994, he sued Hallmark Cards for misappropriating his likeness because they created a Christmas decoration called The Eagle Has Landed and used an imitation of his voice. Joe's got it. They settled and a large sum of money was donated to my alma mater, Purdue University, which was also his alma mater. So I said Buzz Aldrin before, but, it it's, not, but it's not Buzz Aldrin. It's not. Drum roll, please. It is going to be Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. No question. I, wanted, I, wanted, I was making sure I didn't want to say Lance Armstrong because I knew it wasn't Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's his name? Shoot. <laughs> Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Oh, man, I was close before that. You were very oh. close. So those are all things about, I mean, if I gave you the stuff that he's known for, you would have known it was Neil That's Armstrong. Good yeah, stuff. That so he really actually, good. when you're doing anything with Sir Edmund Hillary, sure. you're pretty, you are pretty intrepid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, this guy is the definition of, of that. Wow. Cool. Well, guys... That's one small step for a man and one giant leap for mankind. I'd say one giant leap for break is ready. 
Well, guys, that's the show. And as always, we want to remind you, be curious. Be intrepid. Be yourself. We'll see you in a week. There's one that was put out by Kenner in 1965 called the Daddy Saddle. <laughs> this was dangerous. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's called it's called the. I think I have one. It's upstairs. called the. Yeah, <laughs> here it is. Look, you can actually buy. You can buy a saddle and you can put it on your back and have have your little son or daughter ride on your back. <laughs>